0: Well, thank you so much, Jackie, for that introduction. If we haven't met before, my name is Ryan and I have the privilege of being one of the pastors of the church and it's just my real great pleasure to be able to bring with you today, God's word for about 15 or 20 minutes or so. Uh, uh, my prayer is that we'll be encouraged, challenged uh, uh, for, for what our church is gonna be like over this next season with this final message of our "We Are Family" campaign, uh, but back to today. If uh, uh, for those who have joined us during lockdown. Uh, you may not know me at all uh, my name is Ryan as I said and I have a wife called Amy uh, and we have two young children Isabel who's just about to turn four and Oliver who's just about to turn one um, uh, if you're a parent I'm sure you'll know the feeling that I'm about to describe but we felt really weird the day that we brought Isabel home nearly four years ago uh, she'd been uh, born in the early hours of the morning just after three o'clock in the morning and so uh, we we spent the whole day in hospital because uh, it was a Sunday as well, so we were waiting for the relevant people to come and do the checks. and And we got home towards the late afternoon. Um, uh, we had fan, uh, family come and visit. We had my mum, we had Amy's mum and dad, uh, and they came. They came to visit, and they left at about eight o'clock in the evening. And we had this feeling. We kind of sat there and we said, "Well, what do we do now?" Uh, 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 we, and I use the we term very lightly here, we had made it through the labor. Uh, uh, and obviously so much of what you learn is about that, that, that labor period. And we're kind of thinking, well, oh, we forgot we had to have a baby as well. We concentrated so much on getting through the labor that we thought, well, what, what do we do with this little baby? I'm sure we're not the only per, uh, people to think uh, like that. And this then, uh, we're looking after this little child, it was a brand new season for us as a family. And as, uh, as a family, you go through new seasons all the time and you have to adjust, you have to adapt. You have to do some things that you hadn't done before. Uh, with each new season brings different challenges and different blessings. Just because something has worked in one season of our life doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work in the next season of our lives. So when Amy and I brought Isabel home, we just couldn't return to business as usual. Uh, We we couldn't just do things like we'd always done as a married couple. Uh, We couldn't just take a nap whenever we wanted to because we had a child to look after. Uh, we couldn't just leave the house whenever we wanted to because we had to make sure that we had bottles and baby bags and games and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, we couldn't just put our shoes and our coats on. We couldn't just go out for dinner whenever we wanted to because we had to make sure we had the necessarily char- uh, necessary childcare. You get the drift. So as a family, we had to drastically alter what we had to do in every area of our lives. And isn't that the same for what we're having to do as a church right now? Drastically altering pretty much everything that we do. Where once we were able to join together one day, six months ago, that changed where one day we uh, used to be able to meet in our homes for life groups. Uh, That all changed. One day uh, we used to be able to bring our kids and our family and and know that they were having fantastic input uh, from our youth and our children's teams. Well, that changed, didn't it, about six months ago. So the same that happened where Amy and I, we brought Isabel home. Uh, We knew that life was never going to be the same. I think the church is life is facing a similar statement today. Church for us, life may never be the same. It doesn't doesn't mean that it's going to be the same as what it is right now. But I don't think it's ever going to look quite the same as what it did before lockdown. And I don't think that that is something that we have to be scared of. I think it's something we can embrace with both hands and be excited about what God is gonna do. Let's take worship. For example, and we know that Pastor Linda brought us a fantastic message on that last week. Uh, now, what you have to realise is I love to sing. I love to worship. I love to sing anything. I'm that weird guy, and Amy will tell you this. I'm, I'm that weird guy who sings around the supermarket. Uh, and Amy she hates it. Uh, but I love singing. And so coming to church all this time and uh, not being allowed to sing for this moment, I don't like it. But... Uh, but but what if, for example, and this is using a purely hypothetical example, what if the removal of singing in our worship services could actually bring some people to church? What if... Uh, uh, someone has been sitting there thinking, I would go to church if they didn't do all that singing. Uh, or, or what if someone's saying, I'd go to church, but I'm just so afraid of singing. Uh, uh, as I this it's just a hypothetical scenario. But what if some of what we are gonna go through as a church, some of what we can't do is actually removing the obstacles for some people coming to church. Not everything that we're doing at the moment is an obstacle, it could be an opportunity. What for us may look like an obstacle is an opportunity for people to experience the love of God. It's, an, uh, it's removing of the obstacles for some people to actually come and attend our church and to see what we believe and what we profess. Let me read uh, a short verse, a few verses in the Bible. And it comes from Luke five in verse 33. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast whilst he is still with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and in those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece of the, of the new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise, they will have torn the new garment and the patch from that new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking the old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. I'd love to spend the next few minutes discussing with you some of the lessons that we can learn from this text, that we can apply to our lives today. Whoever is asking Jesus this question, it says John's disciples fast and also the, uh, the, the Pharisee's disciples, they also fast too. If you're not familiar with how things worked back in the ancient Middle East, Jesus wasn't the only person to have had disciples. Each religious leader would have had their own set of followers who tried to garner as much input and teaching from their leaders as they could. So if, you, uh, if someone was to observe John's disciples and the followers of these religious, uh, the ultra-religious Pharisees, uh, uh, they would have seen something in them that both of them would have been fasting. And again, if you're uh, new to church and you don't know, these two sets of people, the uh, the followers of John the Baptist and the followers of the ultra religious Pharisees, these two groups were polar opposites from one another. So even though they would have both been uh, uh, classified as Jewish, they would have been very, very different. You had a guy called John who lived in the, wil- uh, the wilderness eating bugs. Uh, and then you had the Pharisees who cared about, uh, uh, about their outward appearance. They cared about how they looked. They cared about portraying an image of ultra religiosity. It's like the ultra liberal and the ultra conservative going head to head. And someone says to Jesus, you know, both of these groups are fasting. Both of the group, they have nothing in common. And yet both of them are fasting. Your group though, it doesn't fast. Why is that this person is asking? Jesus responds to them and said, look, now isn't the time to be glum. Now isn't the time to mourn. Now is a time for celebration. He uses the illustration of a wedding party uh, and says, you know, when the groom is there, the family, they don't mourn. They celebrate with the bride and groom. And he's right, isn't he? Did you know in these Jewish times, these celebrations, the wedding celebrations would have lasted a week. If a wedding party would have come through a town, everyone in that area had to come out and celebrate with them. And so the point I'm going to make uh, today is that uh, uh, Jesus uh, and for us is that there is an expectation from people about what we do. There's an expectation uh, from both within and from outside the church about how we should conduct ourselves. People are always going to question why we do things. They're going to question why we sing. They're going to question why we take our tithes and our offerings. Uh, They're going to question, aren't they? They're going to question what we don't do as well. They're going to say, oh, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you run a a homeless shelter? Why don't you run this social action and outreach project like that other church does? And Jesus, in this story, he had an answer for why he and the disciples did what he did. Do we as a church have those answers for why we do what we do as a church. So do you really know why we sing as a church? Do you know why we give to the church? Do you know as a a church why we have a a 3D vision? And And if you do know, that's great. But if you don't know, then find out. Have a read of what God says about singing and worship. Have a read about what God says about giving. Have a read of our church website to see why we have this 3D vision. Jesus was strong in his convictions that he was doing the right thing. Let us as a family have the same strength in our convictions because we are in step with the Holy Spirit and we are doing exactly what God wants us to do. The religious leaders would have fasted twice a week in Jewish custom. And it's likely that John, the Baptist's disciples were also fasting because John was most likely in prison uh, and facing death. And so they were fasting for a completely different reason than the Pharisees who fasted out of custom and wanting to look religious. The disciples of John were fasting because they wanted their, their leader to be freed from prison and they were calling on God to act. Jesus responds to this inquisitive person saying that there is a time for those things. But the stage that the disciples were at, uh, uh, the disciples of Jesus, they were on a different mission at that time. And what does that, though? What does it mean for us? Well, I'm here to say, do not let the weight of others' expectations change what we are called by God to do as long as what we are doing is rooted in the bible as long as it's rooted in the love of god and as long as we feel called by god to do so let us press on because the weight of what others are expecting us as a church to be done it would crush us if we to do if we were to do Everything that we were expected to do from others, both within the church and outside of the church. We cannot do everything as one church amongst all of the others. But what we can do is do what we are called by God to do. If what we are doing is godly and biblical, we must stand strong in our convictions as what we are to do as the church. So, the types of songs that we sing and the songs that we do sing, uh, the, the outreach that we do to the world outside, there is a million and one different flavors and things that the church can do. But we stand strong on what we believe that God is calling us to do. And we shouldn't be afraid of when those questions come. Because I read those verses and I see that if Jesus himself was questioned as to what he did, even though he was doing nothing wrong, then we will face the same sort of questions too. Let's carry on reading from that Bible. Let me remind you of what it says in some of those verses. Jesus says, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. Again, you may or may not be familiar with uh, with some of these writings, uh, but uh, back in ancient Middle Eastern times, it was customary to, to make wine from, from wineskins of a goat. And so they would get rid of the meat and, and, and all the insides and they would use the skin of a goat. And so they would stitch it up from bottom to top and they would pour into it uh, uh, wine when they knew it was watertight. And so the winemaker would have put their new wine and let the wine ferment in the skin of a goat. And they would use new wineskins, they would use new skins of goat because it wouldn't have been dry, it would have been fresh and elastic-y. So when the wine fermented inside, it would cause the skin to swell, and if it was a new skin, it would swell and grow without bursting the new wine was able to take the strain uh, the new wine skin was able to take the strain of the new wine within the old wine skins they would have been brittle and dry by this point they wouldn't have been able to handle the pressure and they would have burst causing the wine to be wasted and i don't know about you but any wine that is wasted is a travesty to me but what does this Teach us because Jesus uh, shared this story amongst being asked about fasting, uh, but he's talking uh, about something greater than just fasting, something more than just fasting. Here, he's saying, Now I'm here, now Jesus, now I have arrived, things are going to change. There was an old way, but that old way won't do anymore. And how true is that of our situation right now? The things that we as a church, both us here at Elim Church Northampton, but the church globally, the things that we have been doing for forever may not work in the right here and the right now. So we have to be asking ourselves as a church, as the people of God, what are we doing? What are we doing as a church? Are we hoping for new wine, but are we got our systems of the old wineskins? Do we really want a fresh breath of God over our church? Well, maybe our old structures and the old ways may not be able to house the new stuff that God wants for us. Maybe. Just maybe that God has something new for us. And we need to make sure that we as a church are flexible, ready to take in all that God has for us. Because that old wineskin couldn't take the pressure of the new wine. Let us as a church be so flexible that we are ready to take the new wine that God has for us and be able to take the pressure and the stretching that uh, that comes with new wine. I know this can sometimes feel really scary. And I know for some people, the old way of doing things has been great. And the old way of doing things has been fruitful. But let us, and church, please listen right now. Let us never inhibit what God wants to do in us because we are holding on to the old instead of embracing the new. Let me say that one more time. Let us never inhibit what God wants to do in us because we are holding on to the old instead of embracing the new. Church, are we ready to become new wineskins? Ready to be filled with something that God has never done in us before. I know I'm ready. And that is difficult to say because it causes us to let go of some of what we hold on to so dear. But ready that God might want to do something new in us. Let us say, we are ready. And that brings us nicely onto our final point, because Jesus in the closing of this parable says, and no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say the old is better. So a word of caution as I close. We are going to yearn for what we know. It's human nature, it's natural to, to, to want what, is, what we know, what is predictable, what is comfortable. How often do we find ourselves saying something like, oh, it wasn't like that in my day, I'm not mid-30s, and I still say that now to some of the young people, and even my children. Uh, or, or sometimes, how often do we find ourselves saying, oh, it was better when, dot, dot, dot. You know, I heard someone say to me once, A friendship where all you do is talk about the past has no future. Well, maybe, maybe, just maybe that is true of the church too. Let us not be so focused on what God has done in the past that we are forgetting what we want him to do in our futures or even in the right here and now. Let us have our eyes pressed forwards, focused, not on behind. Yes, we should be thankful for what God has done. And no, we, shouldn't, we, we should never forget what God has done in our past. Um, but if we, f- if we fall in the trap of yearning for what was back when, then we might just miss what God wants for us right now the religious leaders that Jesus was talking about in this scripture, uh, they refused to look ahead. They refused to accept that the power that they are holding onto might change hands. They refused to accept that there may be a change in the system of piety and religiosity that they had come to know as their faith. Well, let that not be true of our church. We don't want that for us to be so set in our ways that we can't change, to be so set in our ways that we can't hear the voice of God, to be set in our ways that we are not ready to make the changes that God wants for us to see people come to know him. A wineskin is a vessel. A wineskin is ready to be expanded. It's ready to be flexible that what, uh, flexible to what God wants to do in it. A wineskin is ready for the new wine. Church, we are a family. And it's going to take a family commitment to be ready for something new in God. You know, when lockdown is fully over and we don't know when that will be. But when lockdown is over and we can get back to things that we used to do, things like singing, things like meeting in homes, all that stuff, let us not go back to all of the old ways in how we did it. But let us press ahead, look ahead, stay focused forward, and say that we are ready to seek you afresh for the new wine of the Holy Spirit that you want to pour in us. I know that there is people with us watching this live stream right now who are ready to take on the challenge to be a new wineskin to house the things of God in and for our church. Let us not be an old wineskin. Let us be a new wineskin, ready for the new things of God in our church. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to speak. And we pray that as we move forward for the new seasons ahead, that we are empty vessels, ready to be stretched, ready to be pliable, ready for you to do something in us. Let us not be so uh, 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 so hanging on to everything uh, that we, we know of, but ready to say we are ready for the future and all the new things you have for us. We thank you for what has come. We thank you for the past. We thank you for the lessons and the blessings, but we are ready for the new wine and we are ready to be your wineskins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you folks. Thank you so much.